Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We continue our Soulful Songs of Summer sermon series. How do you like that for alliteration, Pastor Bob? And uh, isn't it good to have Pastor Bob back in the saddle there? And we just learned at the All Staff Retreat this past Friday that Pastor Bob is a hugger. So he wants everyone to hug him after church today. Lots of hugs coming your way, Pastor Bob. But anyway, our Soulful Songs of Summer sermon series has been pretty great. On the one hand, it's been kind of fun and kind of light looking at these different songs of the faith. But on the other hand, many of these songs have prompted us to go deeper in our faith and our life together as God's people. And music, music has a way of touching our hearts and our lives in powerful ways. Music is a part of being a human being, right? It's part of humanity. It's part of existing in the world. There's music is everywhere in every culture. I mean, you buy a car in the United States of America, every car comes with a radio. You turn on that radio, there are all sorts of music stations to listen to. Music is a part of our lives. When you mix music with the truths of God, with the words of God, well, that is just an awesome and powerful recipe. And since we're a Lutheran church, I've shared this at other services throughout this summer, I thought I would give you the words of Martin Luther and his reflections on music. And he says this, he says, I truly desire that all Christians would love and regard as worthy the lovely gift of music, which is a precious, worthy, and costly treasure given to mankind by God. The riches of music are so excellent and so precious that words fail me whenever I attempt to discuss and describe them. And then Martin Luther writes, next to the word of God, the noble art of music is the greatest treasure in the world. It controls our thoughts, minds, hearts, and spirits. Powerful words about the gift of music. Music's been part of the church since the beginning. We have a whole hymn book in our Bible called the Psalms. And our brothers and sisters in Christ over in Australia at Hillsong Church Australia have become known for their worship songs. And their worship songs are sung throughout the world. And today we're singing one of those songs for our soulful song of summer, and it's called This I Believe. And I'd like you to hear part of the backstory behind this song. You gotta listen closely because these guys are speaking in Australian, all right? <laughs> Here you go. At the start of, of this year, uh, when I saw on Twitter that John Dixon, who's someone who I've got great respect for, uh, had put out a tweet saying, can someone from Hillsong please write um, a song around this, um, this great creed? It just sort of stuck in the back of my mind and um, I do remember writing back to him just saying, you know, we'll give it a go and sitting down with Matt Crocker who is one of our um, great, great songwriters and uh, we were just looking for a theme to write around and uh, you know, I found that as a songwriter it would be a really helpful approach to kind of come into the creation of a song um, with a really sort of clear purpose of what we want the song to say uh, and then what we want the song to do. And, uh, so we kind of, we were throwing around a few ideas and uh, I remember sort of just saying, what about if we attempted to write the Apostles' Creed? The Apostles' Creed is one of the most extraordinary statements in history, one of the most unifying statements of Christian belief. You know, writing a, a song based on uh, the Apostles' Creed that 
has, I guess, literally for, for centuries, has been such a uh, revered uh, set of words in the church. Uh, you know, you don't want to mess with that. You know, you don't want to treat it lightly. And so we really, we took seriously what we were, what we were setting out to do. And, and it's such a powerful statement of, of beliefs. And, and we're like, but how would you possibly put this to music? The chorus of the song absolutely nails the Father, Son and Spirit structure of the creed, which you might not get just by looking at the creed in entirety, because hardly anything is made of the Spirit. Obviously the, the statements in the, in the creed are so um, incredibly embracing, and uh, we wanted the melody and the music of the song to do the same thing, to be um, approachable and, and translatable right across all the different expressions of the church just like the creed has been for, for so many centuries. In my tradition, in the Anglican tradition, as in Roman Catholics and Presbyterians and tons of other denominations, the Apostles' Creed is a regular part of worship. In church, we, we read the creed together and uh, put it up on the screens and, and then went and sung the song. And, and uh, I just, you know, there was an incredible power, I think, in, in realising this great sort of history that we were joined. I don't know if you heard it there, but it sort of cut off there. And uh, Ben was saying that there's a power in this great history that we are joining with in the Apostles' Creed. That history goes back nearly 1,700 years in the Christian church. But ultimately, it pushes back further into the old Roman creed. And ultimately, it pushes back further to Jesus himself and his disciples, his apostles, and his work as the founder of the biggest unity movement in the history of the world. That movement was founded on sacrificial love, love that was demonstrated at the cross of Calvary by Jesus himself, and a belief, a belief that every human being has worth and is created in the image of God and is worth dying for. St. Paul, in our, our epistle lesson for today, he wrote about that, about that faith in Jesus and what it does for our life. And I want to read those words again and then just hear them and think about them for your own life. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe, that means you have faith, you trust, you are utterly dependent in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. The scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. My friends, we have an opportunity right in this very moment to do what those verses are talking about. I want us to declare with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. I want us to sing from our hearts and believe and trust and have faith and, and put our complete and utter dependence in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as we sing this creedal song together, may we be completely sure that we have salvation in the name of Jesus. Let's stand together and we sing together this, I believe.
creating one, God Almighty. Through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior. I believe in God our Father,
Amen. These guys know what they're doing, huh? Praise the Lord. I invite you to be seated. I'm so grateful for the gift of music. When the gift of music is combined with God's word and his truth, with our faith and with our life and the community that we have in Jesus and we centered in him, it's awesome. One of the privileges we, Pastor Bob and I have, and the choir has, is we sit up here in the front, we get to look out and see you praising Jesus, confessing your faith. And that, it brings me to tears almost every time I see it. It's truly a gift for us to center our lives in Jesus. When we confess the words of the creed, whether we sing it in a song like that or in the Apostles' Creed or all the other hymns that are creedal in nature, when we do that in worship together as God's people, it does a few things for us. First, it centers us on the core tenets of our faith. And it unites us as God's people. God's people, yes, in this room, but not only in this room, but with other believers throughout the world at this very moment in time. And believers throughout history, throughout time. The Apostles' Creed, it goes all the way back nearly 1,700 years. This past year, I wanted to brush up, this past week, I wanted to brush up on my early Christian creeds book. It's like 500 pages. Pastor Bob and I, we read through it this past week together in our free time. And uh, it's a great book. You read it in seminary. You learn about the Christian creeds. And I was reminded of all the creedal statements that we have and the context in which believers gather together to confess the creed. In the early church there, when adults were coming to faith, they confessed the creed at their baptism. They learned the creed to learn their faith. The creed in its central place in worship. It's brought God's people around the central tenets of what it means to follow Jesus and to be called by him. I want you to listen to a few more Australian words by Dr. Dixon and Ben. They share about this reality in this next clip. The beauty of having it in a service is it clarifies everything. So no matter what's been preached on, you come back to this, here's the center of the faith. And I just thought a song that really was reminiscent of the Apostles' Creed, that covered its main points, would be a beautiful way of calling modern churches to reflect on the foundation of the faith that unifies us. Just like the Creed has for century upon century, has brought the church together in unity. Um, our hope for this song is, is the same thing, that, that the song would help bring the church um, right across you know, denominational divides, geographical divides, um, that it would, it would bring the church together in unity um, and that we would be able to, I guess, focus on what we hold to be most true. And uh, at that core um, central uh, point of belief that we would come together and confess that there's only one name, that's the name of Jesus. You know, something would be wrong if we left the creed as only something that is good for me personally, that only reminds me of my salvation, that is only meant for me and for my eternal destiny. All of that is true. But something would be wrong if we left it only there. I don't know if you heard Ben Fielding say this, but he said something in that video that starts to get at what I'm trying to get at here in a moment. He said that they hoped as they were writing this song that it would bring the church together. 
across denominational divides, across geographical divides. And when I was in seminary, when I read this book, The Early Christian Creeds, just down the road here at Concordia, Irvine, it was part of Concordia Seminary, St. Louis's uh, program at Irvine, it was called the Multicultural Pastor Certification Program. Pastor Chris Singer, you may remember Pastor Chris, he and I, we were the first two Anglo students to graduate from that program. And as I was thumbing through the book this past week and reading through it and checking out my notes and all that, I came across four pictures that were 17 years old. I didn't even know they were in there, hadn't seen them for 17 years. That was before the iPhone and all that. And for you young people, they look like this, okay? <laughs> Here's one of those pictures. And this picture, I love this picture. The beauty of this picture, because who is represented in the picture? Shindong Sun from Korea, my roommate at seminary. Pison Simambela from the Philippines. Sabdi Lopez from Mexico City. Winter Pacha from India. Mason Okubo, remember Mason Okubo? He was a pastor here. June Takagi from Japan. Dereje Fantai from Ethiopia. And I could keep on going with all these names. We had 22 languages, 17 nations represented this little tiny seminary program down the street in Irvine. And I'm telling you, what a privilege it was. What a privilege it was to study with brothers from so many different cultures. We were different, completely different in so many ways. Different culture, different nation, different language. We all had one thing in common. Our utter dependence upon our God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the words we confess in the Apostles' Creed. Just this past Friday at our all-staff retreat, Pastor Tim was leading us through Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7, we're giving a picture of eternity. And in that picture, we see every nation, every tribe, every people, every language, multitudes worshiping God. And when I see that picture, when I see this picture taken 17 years ago, I think of heaven. I think of Revelation chapter 7. But I also think about something else when I see that picture. I think about leaders who are intentional. Leaders like Dr. Shang Ikmoon who founded that program. Leaders who had a vision for such a program. Pastor Tim and I, we just this past Easter, we went down to Saddleback. Pastor Rick Warren, he wanted to gather all the pastors in Southern California to pray together before Easter, which is kind of a good idea, right? He had vision. And as we sang together, the band was up there leading worship. They were Hispanic, they were Korean, they were African, they were, they were uh, Anglo. And we sang in English, we sang in Spanish, we sang in Korean. Pastor Rick got up there and he said, there's the A in Saddleback. And the A in Saddleback is all nations. He says, you have to be intentional about reaching out to all nations. That's what Dr. Reverend Dr. Shang Ik Moon did with this seminary program that I had the privilege to be part of. He was intentional. He had a vision. And that vision didn't come from his own mind or from his own heart. It came from 2,000 years ago. It came from Jesus Christ himself. Matthew chapter 28. You've heard it. I know you have. Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of what? All nations. Baptizing them. Here's the creed. 
The creed goes back to Jesus. It goes back to Matthew 28, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus continues and says, and teaching them, teaching all nations to obey everything I have commanded you. And Jesus says, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. My friends, that's what it means to really confess the creed here in now. When we confess the creed, it always pushes us outside of these walls. It pushes us outside of ourselves. It should push us outside of our comfort zones. I don't know if you heard those words. We just sang them. Jesus descended into darkness, but he rose in glorious light. I was at the gym yesterday running on the treadmill and I looked up at the TV right in front of me. Anybody watch the news this past day or two? Images. Charlottesville, Virginia. When I think of those images, when I think of the news that has happened there and the hatred and the racism and the bigotry and the senseless violence and the tragic loss of life and the fear that is being produced for so many people, what do I think of? I think of darkness. And I think of our triune God, the Father sending his son, Jesus. Jesus descending into the thickness of darkness, into the darkness of violence, into the darkness of hatred, into the darkness of fear, into the darkness of a tragic loss of life on a cross. Jesus descended into darkness but he rose in glorious light. When I think of my seminary brothers in this picture, when I think of the leadership of Reverend Dr. Shang Moon and his intentionality, when I think of Pastor Rick Warren's message this past Easter, and I think of all the believers of every tribe and every nation and every people and every language, I think of Jesus rising in glorious light. And I think about Martin Luther, not the one from 500 years ago, Martin Luther King Jr., who wrote the book, The Strength to Love. Martin Luther King Jr., a flawed man just like all of us in the room here today. He wrote these powerful words. Returning violence for violence multiplies violence, adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. My friends, our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, He is light. He is love. May we confess Him with our words, with our hearts, with our utter and complete dependence upon him. But more than that, may we get outside of our comfort zone and outside of these walls and confess him with intentional, visionary acts, deeds, works of love and peace, guided by the vision of light and love in Jesus, our Savior.
Amen? Amen. Amen.